0: Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in And the end zone, it is caught for the win! Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big BJ Raji for the touchdown!
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein and... Perry, there's actually Packers news, kind of, to talk about this week. The Packers had their mandatory minicamp from the 8th to the 10th, so we got our first glimpses at the players practicing, some of the rookies we already saw at rookie minicamp, but all of the receivers were back in town. Really, Aaron Rodgers was the only no-show, but we all knew that was coming anyway, so let's talk minicamp.
0: Let's do it. Yeah. Real Packers practice happened. I mean, granted, right. It's still mini camp. It's like the first time they're together in a while. They're in pennies. There's no pads or anything, but it is still really nice to see like how everybody looks, who's slimmed down, who's bulked up, you know, the camaraderie and excitement back on the field and a new quarterback who's taking snaps as QB one.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I know that, We'll talk quite a bit about Jordan Love, but it, it really is, I think, a benefit. You know, Aaron Rodgers probably doesn't need those snaps, if anything. It's more of like a, a hindrance to Jordan Love's development. So in doing a holdout or whatever it is that he's doing, he did kind of help the Packers in like a weird way. But, you know, because, you know, he doesn't need to like come in and take those those two-minute drills in minicamp in June. So
0: Yeah, I know. If anything, like, it just is allowing the Packers to figure out their own situation a little bit better and, like, get more clarity around what they have, if not for Aaron Rodgers, um, which I think is kind of the opposite of what he's intending to do with this holdout, if you will, if you'd call it that. Um, But they also signed another quarterback, yesterday on Thursday, June 10th. Um, So they have plenty of options available if need be.
1: Yeah. And I think you kind of feel for Jordan Love at this point because all the rookies go through it, but I was, you know, going through Twitter, I think it was NFL update and they just like showed side by side the different days of Jordan Love's mini camp where the first day he didn't really look that accurate and he looked like he was struggling and Maybe lacked a little bit of confidence. And then by the second day, he had like one eighty, then he was getting fist bumps and getting fanned by the tight ends coach. And, you know, like he was really on point with his throws. So just to be a rookie. Or a second year player. One of the comments was like, I'm glad Justin Herbert didn't have this last season. So it has to be it's so hard spotlight. to be right, like, right, right, like under yeah. a microscope now yeah. after like a COVID season.
0: Yeah, I mean, you knew he would, and I think he knew he would, just like nature of the situation and also the team that drafted him. Um, You know, when you're taken in the first round, no matter when you end up starting, everyone's going to be watching whether you were, quote unquote, worth that first round pick or not. And then you add in all this Aaron Rodgers stuff and it's just added scrutiny. I think I've been really impressed with the way that Jordan Love has handled himself and spoken out um, to the media at his first media availability, just like very mature um, and clearly has either like had people help him figure out what to say or he just happens to be like a very well-spoken man because I think that he carried himself and said you know everything that he should Um, I think that it's it's fun to see his progression but again it's just camp and that's what I keep telling myself is like when he doesn't look great it's still just camp when he looks great it's still just camp like there's going to be ups and downs to all player development, especially a quarterback who Matt LaFleur has reiterated this a ton, right? Which is he didn't have a normal season last year. He got not a single snap. He wasn't active for any games. He's basically starting from scratch and being thrust into a QB one role. So you're going to get the ups and downs. I think there was things that changed from the first day of practice to the, the second and third, which is like what you like to see, which less check downs, more slinging it, um, around the yard, if you will, you know, and I don't, again, I don't know if, then we talked about this a little bit with Andy in our live show, which is whether or not the coaching staff was actually having him focus on other things. And that's why he was just like doing check downs. And then in the next couple of days of practice, they said, you know, just let it, let it rip and let's work on some other things. It looks like he was doing a lot more like deeper stemmed routes with the wide receivers and the running backs on day two and three, you know, hitting, 45 yards to Alan Lazard and 30 yards to Aaron Jones and things like that but it's just nice to see that the Packers the why the Packers took him was because he had the arm talent he has all the traits they're just trying to mold him and so like this is the time that they're using to do that
1: yeah. And I talked to Jimmy Christensen about this a little bit on Day, but it's been kind of fun too to see, like, you know, we saw him have some connections reported with Alan Lazard. I think he had some with EQ. This is his first time literally working with Devin Funches. Aaron Rodgers hasn't even gotten to work with Devin Funches yet. So kind of his ability to come in and play with the ones, even though Devante hasn't done a ton of like live reps and he's kind of been more working off to the side. I think that's kind of a benefit to some of his wide receivers too, like Juwan Winfrey. Like you have to wonder if his best shot at making the roster is because he was a practice squad guy for most of last season and was activated for a couple snaps. And then he already like, you have to think as a practice squad guy, he was on like the third team scout team with Jordan love and they both weren't active much. So they maybe already have like a built in connection from their time last season.
0: I was actually thinking that when you saw all of those tweets about Juan Winfrey, I'm like, well, he was probably the only one out there who actually got any time with Jordan Love last year. And that is clearly significant both for love and for the wide receiver. And again, like you said, for someone who's on like the fringe roster spot potential, um this is his best case scenario is to to showcase his ability connect to connect with
1: what's presumably QB under center. Um, like those opportunities for him. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting kind of thinking about, you know, Juwan Winfrey even, or like Malik Taylor, Bailey Gaither, a lot of those depth wide receivers, Andy talked about it on Twitter and a little bit on the live show. Like you have to imagine a guy like Devin Funches isn't going to come in and play special teams. So if these guys, you know, one, they can build a connection with Jordan love, but two, if they prove, any type of worth on special teams, which you have to think is one of the reasons Malik Taylor kind of surprised and made the roster last year as the last wide receiver. Um, that's going to be like the first avenue for some of those guys, just like a lot of the depth cornerback pieces, the guys that you would expect to make the team uh, because of you know their special teams abilities. So any other thoughts on the offense? I know we just kind of talked about wide receivers. I personally am very intrigued by the offensive line okay
0: well before we move on to the line i just have to say one thing which is that i'm really really excited about what they have aj Dillon doing yes um just some of you know he's a big back and he could just be a bruiser back but it sounds like they want to have him doing be involved in the pass catching game and running routes which is just like and i think it was the one that everyone on twitter was freaking out about it was like aj Dillon on a wheel route yep and I know Packers fans have been dying for any kind of some kind of wheel route, um, whether it's with, like, Josiah Deguara or anybody. And so imagine, like, 250-pound A.J. Dillon, like, trucking at you on a <laughs> wheel route like that. Uh, I wouldn't want to defend that. So that's my only other thought is I'm glad that he's developing more in the in the pass-catching game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it was friend of the show, Rachel Hotmeyer that said – Um, that, you know, A.J. always said coming out of Boston College that it wasn't that he can't catch. It's that he didn't have the opportunity to catch because Boston College is such like a traditional run-the-ball-down-your-throat kind of offense. That's how it's always been. Um, So it's fun to see him getting those opportunities. And then I think Paul Brattle said that we did see A.J., In a couple wheel routes in the 2020 season, like it was a leak in the offense that never actually came to fruition. He like ran the route and then the ball wasn't thrown his way. So it'll be fun to see kind of that wrinkle develop now that we know it's something that they're actively working on as early as this mini camp.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about your guys on the offensive line then for a sec.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just been interesting to see, like we knew Josh Myers as a second round pick was going to be given every opportunity and then some to take the starting center job. It seems like he's been impressing and he likely will be the starting center. We kind of knew that already. Um, But I think some of the names that are really surprising, uh, Ben Braden, I don't think he was on Anybody's you know radar going into the this offseason, especially given you know that the Packers have drafted three offensive linemen in the last two classes. Like there was already a lot of depth at the position. And then you add a guy like Ben Braden, who was kind of like sneakily on the roster in the practice squad, but didn't really have too many looks and now could end up competing for a spot. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk a little bit more about, you know, was what Andy kind of said on the live show with us where you really are looking at three or four positions on the roster that are already solidified. And then that's not including Lucas Patrick, Royce Newman, who's been getting some looks, John Runyon Jr. If Ben Braden gets a starting spot, you know, at either, you wouldn't think he'd start at tackle. So what would be left would be like a guard spot. So there's just a lot of players competing for maybe one spot
0: that's exactly where I was going with this conversation next is um, I think you went into this off season feeling like potentially the Packers didn't have enough depth at offensive line. And now all of a sudden they have too much depth at offensive line, which is obviously not an an issue. It's a good thing. They looked at a position of need and said, we're going to, we're going to fill this. Um, Yeah. I'm curious to see mostly like how many offensive linemen they keep on the roster. Because presumably, you know, you have your starting five and then you need your backups. But they have, I think, what is it, 16 currently at camp or something like that? It's, it's, it's a lot, lot now. Now. And you know, And you know, the, no, not all those guys are going to stay. A couple maybe for the practice squad. I think, like, I want to say at most, like, nine or ten max. So it's it's going to be a healthy competition.
1: Yeah, and one of the things I'm most curious about, and if you've seen this, you know, Let me know. But it seems like we haven't seen too many guys getting center snaps. So, you know, Lucas Patrick, I think, has kind of evolved into that almost Lane Taylor role where even if he doesn't win the starting job, he's just so versatile in that he can play either guard spot. And he's really, like, the only backup center they have right now outside of Elton Jenkins, So you don't really want to leave – or take from his spot and then I guess Jake Hansen. but I haven't really even seen him or where he's lining up outside of maybe the third string so yeah there's a lot going on with the offensive line but no I mean I just wanted to talk a little bit about
0: like not exactly I mean we're not at practice right so like we don't know like everything that's going on but um, I, I think it's interesting like you know, David Bakhtiari is obviously rehabbing, and he's doing it up in Green Bay, which I think says a lot. I mean, I guess he would be fine if he wasn't there. But um, it it seems like it's just been an incredible opportunity for the new guys. I mean, like you said, they, the Packers have taken six in the last two years, so they're all really young, and they have their guy out there um, who gets to be like a real vocal leader and teach them about everything that he's – learned in the last like nine years in the league and I think it just like says a lot about the leadership in the room that you have David Bakhtiari out there even though he should he is focusing on his own rehab and obviously will take that starting left tackle spot whenever he's ready but he seems to be like doing everything he can for all of the linemen that um, are there
1: yeah I thought it was interesting listening to his presser how um, or not interesting I guess but like telling of who he is as a player and a pro that he said like most years he'd be right there with them, like coaching them through the motions and like demoing them for the guys, you know, if they weren't maybe catching on to something, but he's like, I'm still doing that. It's just, I have to use my words because I can't really, you know, mirror things for them or show them things right now. So yeah, a lot of, you know, consummate pros on the Packers, Devonte Adams being there, you know, confirming that they didn't stage a coup and try to get all the wide receivers out of uh mini camp, but Let's flip it over to the defense, because the Packers did bring in a veteran linebacker. We talked about it a little bit on the live show, Devondre Campbell, who the last couple seasons played in all 16 games. He pretty much his entire career outside of his rookie season has played 75 or more percent of snaps on defense. So, I mean, you have to think the Packers brought him in for a reason, and he likely will be one of the starting linebackers going into the season. You think he's going to be a starter? given the amount of of time that he's played, he's always been a starter. He's always played in 60 on a 16 games, been super healthy. I, I do. I mean, I have a hard time seeing them bringing him in if he's only going to play like 30% of snaps. And maybe he just needed an opportunity. And, you know, maybe the Packers pitched it mm-hmm. as – your depth and insurance and whatever, but I think, yeah, I think even if it's weak side and Chris Barnes is the starter, I'm not sure maybe that the Packers are convinced at what they have in Kamal Martin or Ty Summers or Oren Burks enough.
0: Well, that's fair because none of those, I mean, Kamal Martin has flashed and granted he was just drafted. So He he can get some time, but the rest of the depth at inside linebacker, I agree. Like, what has Oren Burks or Ty Summers shown to say? Like, they deserve those snaps over um, a guy like Devondre Campbell. I'm just like, I don't know. I I don't know anything um, really about him or like what the Packers brought him in for. Um, It just sounds like he had a really really tight relationship with Matt Lafleur, and so um, I'm sure Coach sort of vouched for the player that he is and the skill set he can bring to Joe Barry's defense. Um, I wouldn't mind another piece alongside Chris Barnes. Cause you saw like Chris Barnes got a little banged up last season. And so you want to make sure that you have someone who can come in there with the experience to be an every down backer, but
1: um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you kind of wonder too, like, I don't know how much say a guy like Joe Barry would have with it being his first year in the organization, but you have to imagine he saw Devondre Kimball, well, at least twice when he was with the Rams last season, being in the division. So he probably got a good look at him. We know that his past to us as an inside linebackers coach. That's always been like his primary focus. So I wonder if, you know, given the, like you said, the relationship that Malafleur had with him, knew him, and then Joe Barry getting enough glimpses at him, if it was like a Joe Barry request where it was like, hey, I think this guy can really make an impact for the team, or if it was something that you know, just kind of happen naturally. And there happens to be a connection there.
0: Yeah. I guess if we were uh, in the media, we would maybe ask that question, but (laughs) we are not. Um, uh, Let's talk about the secondary real quick, because I don't know about you, but I am amped for Eric Stokes. Um, Obviously, again, it's camp. So you have to apply the same logic to every position, every player, like don't get too overhyped about camp bodies. But Um, By all accounts, it seems like Eric Stokes has come in and just been everything the Packers have wanted out of him when they picked him in the first round. Just really good in coverage. He picked off Love the other day in practice. I think it was a little bit more of a miscommunication with Love and the receiver than it was Stokes. But either way, take your opportunities when you get them. Um, And I just love the idea of, like, lighting a fire under Kevin King's ass and, and really having some level of like competition. I think my stance obviously has not changed that. I don't think Eric Stokes is going to be a starter, but it's a really, you love to hear about the first round pick coming in and looking like a first round pick.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we haven't really seen any indications as to how much nickel and dime Joe Barry will play. But I mean, if Eric Stokes is impressing, you have to think that Joe Barry will find a way to get him on the field to to bolster the defense. But I I am curious your thoughts about, you know, Will Redmond taking some of the major snaps initially at the star role, because I know when we listed players we thought would be in that spot, it was Jandon Sullivan, Shamar John Charles, or even like Vernon Scott, it definitely wasn't Will Redmond. So do you think it's a case of because he's kind of the vet in the room, the Packers are giving him the first look, or is it just that they don't want to throw a rookie in there yet? What do you think? Um,
0: I mean, I don't love it is my first gut reaction just because Redmond is so inconsistent and was such a liability when it came to like the big moment. Um, And the star role seems to be like a core focus of the Joe Barry defense, which means like you need to be on at all times. And I don't know if he has the capabilities to do that or like the football, you know, all, all of the traits, but it is camp, right? So you could, my, my, initial thought is maybe they're just seeing what it's like 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 testing it out um and in a setting where very low risk um and just seeing you know can we can we slide this guy in here um i'm definitely surprised by it though but i also read you know that they were moving a bunch of guys around in that area they had savage down they had amos down Um, I would love to see Vernon Scott in there too but again like he could have been and and it just wasn't reported on Um, but the Will Redmond piece definitely surprises me
1: yeah and I mean I think you know in the very brief research I've done or looking into kind of the Joe Barry Brandon Staley defense he really uses like a strong safety so The loss of Raven Green, you have to think, was more of like an injury thing. But the fact that the Packers brought back Will Redmond and didn't keep Raven Green surprised me a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe they do envision him kind of in some of those specific packages. But I'm with you. I want to see what Vernon Scott can do and also Henry Black, um, because he had very limited opportunities on the defense, but he did look good.
0: That's interesting that they use utilize a strong safety in that role. Because then I'm now I'm wondering like, is that why they signed Christian Uphoff?
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Yeah. I like the I like the versatility and I like the skill set that the secondary has. I mean, we didn't even talk about Jair. We don't really need to. Um by all accounts, he looks like Jair. Um, <laughs> just, you know, breaking out past more muscular, stuff. I guess, this year, yeah, a little bigger. Yeah. Apparently he bulked up um, good for him as long as it doesn't affect his kind of speed and agility, which I'm sure it won't. Um, he's not like the largest guy to begin with. Um, I think it's, it's fun and interesting and something I'm looking forward to watching at camp like love versus Jair um, because like what better way, I mean, what more difficult way to train than against like one of the best cornerbacks in the
1: league. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So before we wrap, you know, the, the initial thoughts from minicamp, um, I want to talk about the edge rushers because of course I do, but you know, Preston Smith, um, was in kind of going through the COVID protocol for having either close contact, some type of testing. So he wasn't really there for most of minicamp. We saw of course Z, um, effusive in his praise of Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary should have a huge year three, um, but I want to talk about Jonathan Garvin because he seems to be the guy that's getting the initial look as I guess what would be edge for, for the Packers defense. And, you know, they have Randy Ramsey as a holdover Teepa. Uh, they brought in a couple, you know, rookie free agents to fill that spot, but it kind of feels like, you know, based off very, very early looks, it's Jonathan Garvin's spot to lose.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Cause it's something Andy said this week was that like, in when it came to game time, like they had chosen Randy Ramsey yeah. over Jonathan Garvin, but that could be a total scheme change, right? Like it's Petton, it was Petton and now it's Barry, maybe the he feels like um Garvin fits a little bit more of what he wants the same like body type I think Garvin's very like lean and long like really really long arms that's why he's called the spider um and so maybe it's just more of like a skill set or maybe Jonathan Garvin just came into camp a little bit like better prepared and and ready um for 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 those reps but I like it I liked him a lot coming out of school I was really excited about that pick and so I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings but I think like edge for no matter what is going to be a really really small role unless of course something knock on wood happen to one of the three starters like you know that the smiths and gary are going to get the majority of those snaps
1: yeah i think it might have been peter Bukowski, but i remember when preston came back um, for some of the voluntary workouts everybody was talking about how skinny he got and that was kind of one of the comments was that in mike pettin's defense he wanted like the really big edge rushers and now with joe berry he likes the leaner quicker edge rushers so that would make a lot of sense if jonathan garvin is going to kind of be that fourth option for them because we know that speed and length are two things that he brings to that to that position group. So, any other final thoughts on the first couple of days of minicamp? Any players that you know you wanted to hear more about, didn't hear enough about, thought we heard too much about? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean I want more Stokes, but that yeah. will come with time. Um, and I'm really loving all of the love updates, haha, <laughs> um, because it's exciting. You know, like I, I think there's like now. Na- I think my biggest takeaway is how much I'm appreciating everyone rallying around him. I think sure. the situation could have led people down a lot of different pathways. And instead, I find that the majority of at least the fan base and the media are doing um, what they should be, which is rooting for him. And I'm really looking forward to watching and seeing what he looks like when we're there in person. And then seeing his very first live game snaps. Like, that's going to be super exciting because you saw you know his first two minute drill didn't go so great a second one was much better so just continuing to watch him like grow and develop and take those steps day by day
1: Yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun to be at Lambeau and see kind of the atmosphere when Love trots out onto the field as QB1 for that first preseason game. But the last thing I did want to mention really briefly is just the running back room. And, you know, it wouldn't necessarily shock me at this point if the Packers do end up keeping four running backs. We know that Mike Weber was waived um, for the signing of Devondre Campbell. So now we have uh, remaining in the room behind AJ and Aaron Jones, a friend of the show, Patrick Taylor kylan hill the draft pick and then dexter williams the draft holdover from a couple seasons ago so it wouldn't shock me if the packers keep four guys and dexter is the odd man out but it sounds like in very limited looks patrick taylor is somebody that's been impressing a lot of people so that's exciting to hear now that he's finally getting to play without having to deal with some of those injuries yeah for sure and we're obviously rooting for friend of the show patrick taylor (laughs) who loves the name of the show and the office yes (laughs) Um, nice well this was really fun
0: um obviously more camp updates to come i think as like camp rolls out and we're obviously on roger watch for when training camp really begins um because this was just mini camp um but it's going to be a fun off season
1: yeah Lots to look forward to, regardless of what's happening at the quarterback position. There will still be plenty of players to watch and kind of assess. But Perry, where can all the people follow your fantastic work on social media?
0: Um, Follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can follow the podcast at PWSS podcast on Twitter um, and Instagram, Pax What She Said. On Twitch, Pax What She Said. And uh, I think that covers all of our platforms.
1: Yeah, we have quite a few of them now, but you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write for Cheesehead TV, and Perry and I are both part of the Pack a Day podcast crew as well. So thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go!